Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. Most of us that are over 40 or 50 would always love to be a lot younger, but imagine being 27 years old to have served on the Napa City Council for several years and now be appointed by Governor Brown to the Napa County Board of Supervisors. Add to this an impressive resume of community service, and you just begin to scratch the surface of what Alfredo Pedroza has accomplished. He's now been officially appointed by Governor Brown to the County Board of Supervisors. He'll be sworn in Saturday, and it is my pleasure to welcome him here to NapaBroadcasting.com. Alfredo, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be part of it once again. I know you, you graciously invited me when I first was thinking about uh, throwing my name in the hat for supervisors, so I'm glad to be back. It is great to have you back. We complete the circle. Talk a little <laughs> bit first about what it feels like to be 27 years old and have accomplished all that you have. I mean, it's easy to make light of that, but the truth is that that's uh, a tremendous amount that you've accomplished in a relatively short period of time. Well, I, I wish I felt 27, but we can start <laughs> with that. But um, I will tell you, it, it's humbling to... to be 27 and have had the opportunities I've had to serve our community. Um, Jeff, you know, that doesn't happen by accident. And, and I'm very fortunate because of that. You know, I, I tell people in terms of my story, you know, my parents came from Mexico as, as many immigrants' parents did, you know, but they chose Napa. And because they chose Napa to settle here and work here, you know, I went through our local schools. I grew up in a great neighborhood in, in District 4 on Klamath Way. Um, and it really shaped my upbringings, and that resonated with me and, and, and my wife. And for that reason, you know, at, at a young age, you know, I started going to council meetings before I even, you know, to, uh, announced I was running for city council back in, you know, I think, uh, 2010 or 2011. Um, and, and the civic part got to me in terms of, you know what, this is a community where I'm going to live for a long time. So I started volunteering on nonprofit boards got involved that way, took leadership roles, and again, that continued to grow and really compelled me to get involved. So, you know, that's when, I, you know, I also was getting married at that time, and, and, and talking to my wife, we kind of devised a plan in terms of, you know, how are we going to be able to grow our careers, um, still maintain that work-life balance that we need, and I've just been so fortunate to, to be 27 today and to have the experiences I've had. Again, it, it doesn't happen by accident. It's because we're in a great community like Napa. You know, we've all seen the pictures of, of Bill Clinton at age, I think, 10 or 11 years old, shaking hands with JFK, knowing even then that he wanted to be in politics. When did you know that you wanted to run for elective office and, and be in the political process? Yeah, so, um, you know, you could say the political bug or DNA does run in the family. You know, my grandfather was mayor of his town in Mexico. So, you know, you know, we, he and I would have conversations when I would go visit him in Mexico about public service and, and getting elected and so forth. Um, but quite honestly, you know, it, it didn't really enter my radar until, you know, I, I went to school, Sonoma State, you know, majored in business, came back. Um, and it was just one of those things, again, that it wasn't on the, on the, plan of life or the roadmap to get involved into, into public service, quite honestly. Um, you know, my whole plan was, you know, I go to school, get a good education, find a good career, and, and banking was that career. Um, so this was kind of a, a detour, quite honestly. It wasn't really me guiding my, my decisions to reach the, you know, the point I'm in today. But um, one of the things that I point back to that really was that, that catalyst for me is, 
you know, when I told my parents when I was running for city council at the dining room table, you know, the response I got from my from my mom and dad was, you know what, that's not for us. We've made it already. You know, you got a house, you got a job. And that's when I realized, you know, the opportunities that, that were before me and, and what it meant to my family and what it was going to mean to other generations in terms of, you know, I do believe that if you work hard, uh, you have good values and um, you, you care for your community, you know, the sky's the limit. And, and, and I feel like I'm living proof of, of, you know, hard work does pay off here locally. So that's something that, you know, I hold close to my heart in terms of, you know, the, the catalyst to, to me getting involved in politics and understanding what it meant to my family. You represent, in, in some ways, a large part of this community with respect to the Hispanic community. Talk about the role you see for yourself in interfacing between the Hispanic community yeah. and the rest of no, the yeah. valley. No, yeah. Again, I faced that when I joined city council, and, and a lot of people say, you know, you're a Latino leader. And, and it's not that I, I distance myself from that. You know, what I say is I'm a leader of the community, which includes everyone, you know, um, my culture does come from you know the Mexican culture, you know that's where my parents are you know you know came from. But I think what's so unique about you know being multicultural, bicultural, is you get to bring people together in ways that normally wouldn't get done. And you know we really saw that uh, one of the things that I point to and Mayor you know Tuckle points out to too is during the earthquake um, when FEMA was down here and they were visiting neighborhoods, many of our Latino communities, you know, were a little bit hesitant to let governmental agencies into their home. Mm. Um, and the fact that I could call them, the fact that I can say, you know, I am your, your council member, this is what we're trying to do, it really changed their experience in terms of, you know, trying to get aid, but also explaining to them what we're trying to do. You know, that wasn't happening before. So again, it's just such a unique opportunity to, you know, be in a position to not just bring people together, but bring people with you. And that's the one thing I've said is, you know, I hope that one day, you know, it's not about having a Latino council member. It's about having representative government. And the fact that we, you know, that government body is, is representative of, of the entire community. Um, but what's, what I will tell you is, you know, I, I get to go back and, you know, guests speak in certain schools and, you know, some that have higher percentages of Latino students than you know, they get pretty riled up when they see someone that kind of looks like them, that you know, is wearing a suit and tie, and, and they ask great questions, and you kind of see the sparkle light up and say, you know what, I can, I can do that. And to me, that, that's taking the politics aside, taking the titles aside, you're inspiring people, you're motivating people, and, and you're allowing them to dream big. And, and, that, and that's something that's pretty special. And are you going to be continuing on, on the business side, continuing at the bank now that you're on the Board of Supervisors? Yeah, my plan is uh, to do so. You know, I've been very fortunate to work for a good bank like Mechanics that's allowed me to kind of fulfill my passion of public service and also have a career. But uh, more than that, you know, I think being young, uh, one of the things that I do want to share with people is, you know, I I, I am going to serve on you know on the board of supervisors and, and represent the county, but I'm also going to work um, because I think you know, being an elected official, having private and public experience. I think that's healthy. It helps you have different perspectives in terms of, you know, when you make policy or you have regulation, how it impacts folks. So, again, I think that would that, that's going to help me continue to strike that balance. Um, but, you know, part of our job in being into so young is, you know, I also have a career. I also have a career in business. And uh, at this point, at this juncture, I can still balance both. 
So I'm going to continue to do my best to, to keep my banking career and also serve Napa County. Talk a little bit about what thought you've given to the difference in issues. Certainly as a member of the city council, there are a lot more of what we would consider urban issues, issues concerning housing and infrastructure, and obviously all the things that you've been dealing with at the city. Moving to the County Board of Supervisors, land use is really job one. Certainly there's all the other things and budgets, but land use is job one. Talk a little bit about how you see that transition. No, you're right. You know, uh, going to the Board of Supervisors, it's a different set of of issues. Um, You know, I I was told by a group when I was interviewing, they're saying land use dominates everything. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And that's part of it. And I get that. And the transition for me, you know, Jeff, and, and I think what's going to be really, you know, great is coming from a, a city government and understanding some of the issues that our cities are facing, how that interfaces with some of the county issues um, in terms of collaboration, in terms of some of the regional traffic issues that we're facing, some of the, you know, housing issues that we're facing regionally, you know, throughout the valley. So I think there's going to be some great synergy in, in being able to bring leadership to that. Um, you know, that's something that I'm looking forward to. In terms of, you know, the, the hot topics that we, we've all heard about, you know, you know, vineyard development, hillside development, winery development, you know, my whole thought on this, you know, is you know, I'm going to listen to what folks are saying. Um, you have, we have to be thoughtful and we have to be very pragmatic. We can't have any knee-jerk reactions, you know, because, you know, we are really shaping the Napa of tomorrow. And, and that's the one thing I've said is I'm going into this with no agenda. You know, I'm ready to listen. But I'm, one of the things that I'm going to really default to is we're shaping the next Napa. And what I mean by that is the Napa that my kids are going to live in and the way we develop is directly going to shape that. So, again, it's more about sustainability for me. So, again, as these issues come up, they will come up. It's going to be really about how are we going to make sure that we still have a good Napa that has this great tourism base because we know what tourism does for us. But it's still a place that attracts, you know, economic investment. It's still a place that people want to live and retire. And we need to be balanced in that. It can't be one extreme or the other. Um, but, again, I, I'm, I'm excited about that because, you know, there are some pretty uh, uh, big picture questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves. And I'm ready to have that discussion. Indeed, you're coming to the board at a time when I would argue, at least, that there is more pushback and more controversy about winery and vineyard development than we've seen at any time in the past 10, 15 years. You're, you're, you're right. You know, um, there's a lot of pressures mounting, you know, to the county right now. Um, and, and that's because we've seen a growth in certain types of development. You know, the biggest thing that, we, you know, we have to be mindful of is, you know, there, there's so many things that make Napa special. Um, you know, you can't compromise that. So, again, when you talk about new wineries, when you talk about new developments, when you talk about the deforestation of our hillsides, you know, you, you can't just go extremely environmental, but at the same time, you can't just go, you know, rubber stamp everything that comes through. You have to be thoughtful. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Jeff is really looking at everything and understanding the true impacts. You know, what do you mitigate? What can you not mitigate? But not just from a single standpoint, but from a cumulative effect. Because, again, I, I'm really looking about the sustainability of, of our county. And, again, the decisions that we make today, you know, there, there's no reverse button that we get to hit five years from now. You know, they really have that long-lasting impact. So, again, I'm really going to be looking at uh, things through a sustainability perspective. 
Talk a little bit about your sense of and, and awareness of the history of all of this, certainly the contemporary history in terms of the Ag Preserve, the winery definition ordinance, the it's battles that have been fought. Yes, yeah, so again, I, I've done my homework in terms of you know, the, you know, when they passed the Ag Preserve, you know, I think back in the 60s, you know, it was people that were visionary, you know, and then with uh, WDO going through its modification in 2010, uh, that was very thoughtful and it's pragmatic. Right now, you know, we have, we've heard about Walt Ranch, we've heard about, you know, uh, Yacht uh, Hill Winery, uh, and we've heard about, you know, other developments going on as well, or, or people asking for, you know, higher permits. But that's what's happening today. But, what, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, these type of decisions have long-term impact to Napa County. So, yes, we look at what we did in the past, but it was a very different environment, you know, 10 years from then, you know, 10 years from now and 20 years from now. It, it's more about what are the things that we've done well in the past, and, but what are we going to be 20 years from now? One of the things you were talking about, the aspects of city-county cooperation, there'll now be a majority of members of the Board of Supervisors that have served on the city council, you and Brad and, and Mark. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's quite unique to, to have that. Uh, and and but a, a quick aside, too, you know, Brad was also my seventh grade teacher at Redwood <laughs> Middle School. Now, I, haven't le- I, have, I, I still continue to remind him of that, but... Uh, you know, and what, what that means at the end of the day is I tell people, whether you're a city resident or county resident, you're a resident of Napa. And we need to make sure that, you know, as cities, you know, are developing, and I think the city of Napa, for example, you know, the Renaissance that's going downtown right now, that's so unique. Well, that benefits Napa County. You know, what's going on in Yonville, that benefits Napa County. So when you talk about, you know, housing, you know, you talk about, that, you know, workforce housing, you talk about housing that, you know, is close to infrastructure and so forth. You need to have those thoughtful conversations. Um, not to say that they haven't been had in the past. I think they just need to be elevated. You know, and one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm really looking into is the transportation issue. You know, if, if you go on 29 or the trail at a certain point during the day, you, you see the jams. Well, you know, if we don't address it or we don't start having, you know, these holistic discussions about traffic, and some of them are being had at NCTPA, you know, we're just passing the buck down the road. And that's, again, when I say sustainability, that's what I'm about is, look, you can't keep passing it on to that next body of supervisors. We have to address it to say, just like, the, you know, when the leadership, you know, passed, you know, the Act Preserve, that was visionary. They were thinking 50 years down the line. That's what I'm talking about right now is I think we're at a juncture where we've got to start thinking about what's that next NAPA going to look like know, what type of development are we going to have? What type of growth are we going to have? And, you know, we continue to have a positive population growth in Napa. Growth is going to be part of our fabric. I just believe it needs to be thoughtful growth and smart growth. When Bill was elected, he was very clear in his support of you to, to succeed him on the board. Do you have similar thoughts about anyone else with respect to the council? Is there anyone else that, that you're supporting to replace you on the council? You know what? There's a good group of people, you know, um, Jeff, that have thrown their name in the hat, you know, uh, from Mike Bassane to Jose to Elba to Melissa to Tracy. Again, I can go on and on. Um, I, I first need to see the process that's going to unfold from the city of Napa, which I don't know at this point in terms of is it going to be a public process where they open it up, say, for 15 days or 20 days and everyone applies 
So again, I, I, I've done this before where I've stepped out a little bit early. <laughs> so uh, learning from the past, you know, I'm going to wait to see who really applies. And then at that point, if it's someone that I'm comfortable with, you know, I will uh, throw my support behind them. Because again, I think the city of Napa, I'll tell you, uh, they're at a crossroads right now. They're, you know, in terms of development, um, you want good people serving on the city council. Do you think that the council has any kind of an obligation or an imperative to, to try and find someone or appoint someone from the Hispanic community? I, I don't. You know, uh, I, I, based off what I've heard, the, you know, the natural process is already providing candidates that are diverse, like Melissa, like Jose, like Elba. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing, the fact that, you know, we don't have to go out there and say we need X person. Um, and I think, you know, when I was running, I faced that a little bit in term, because it was the first time we were going to have someone from a Latino background. Um, and I'm just glad that people have been embracing of that in terms of the value of representative government and having diversity. Um, kind of what, what I'd like to see is, I think, you know, being on the younger side, it, it really sh- shapes the way you look at decisions and, 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 you know, you look at policy and so forth. So the fact that you have people like Melissa Melba who are a little bit younger playing, I think that's also really indicative of, of you're seeing a younger generation wanting to step up and serve their community, which... I think would pay Napa tribute very well. Alfredo Pedroza, the newest member of the Napa County Board of Supervisors, officially being sworn in this coming Saturday. Alfredo, I thank you so much for taking time out and uh, being with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Perfect, Jeff. Thank you very much for the invite. And thank Happy you. New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.